Hello and welcome to This Is Your FBI from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This is your FBI. This is your FBI, the official broadcast from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Tonight, the subject of our FBI file, Juvenile Delinquency. It's titled, The Face. There are no accurate figures on juvenile delinquency in the United States today. But without any question, it is the most serious law enforcement problem of the day. Any statistic must be an understatement because of the practice in some localities of not fingerprinting youthful offenders. However, it can be said that during the past ten years, youth has been in the vanguard of the criminal army in this country. One basic cause of that high rate of juvenile crime is the lack of a sense of moral responsibility. And for this, the blame rests squarely on the parents of the country. For it is in the home that the child must learn that others besides himself have rights. Must learn the values that will help him grow into a decent, law-abiding citizen. A public servant, and not a public enemy. Tonight's FBI file opens in the local police station in a crowded tenement district of a large eastern city. FBI Special Agent Jim Taylor is just arriving. He greets the policeman who has been waiting for him. Sorry I'm late, Sergeant. That's all right, Jim. Where's the boy? He's in the next room. I'm giving him a minute to cool off. Uh, Tough kid? Mm, Not really. I think he figures it's smart to act that way. Who is he? Neighborhood boy. Lives with his mother. She can't seem to control him. Are we on the case officially? No, Jim. There's no FBI violation. But I thought you might talk a little sense into the youngster. Okay, I'll try it. Thanks. You going to tell him who I am? I already have. Oh? What was his reaction? Another cop. Huh. Uh, here, through this door. Okay. Go ahead. Thanks. Bobby, this is Mr. Taylor, the FBI man I told you about. So what? Hello, Bobby. Why don't you leave me alone? Why don't everybody leave me alone? Everybody did. That's why you're here. Sergeant thought I might be able to help you. How can a cop help me? I asked Mr. Taylor to come over here and tell you his story. A story? You must think I'm a kid. You're going to tell me a bedtime story once you get me a doll to play with, huh? Bobby, I'd really like to help I you. I don't want any help. Son, the least you can do is listen to him. Who's stopping him? Let him talk. Well, the story begins some years ago, right in this neighborhood. Young boy, oh, about your age, was having breakfast with his sister. He had no parents, and his sister had to work to support him. They were seated at a small table. Danny, eat your cereal. Okay. Hey, you're going to be late for work. I know. Don't you care? Well, I stayed to have breakfast with you on purpose. 
I wanted to talk to you. Oh, I won't have much time, sis. I gotta hurry to school. Well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. School. Oh, but I'll be marked late if I don't leave now. Danny, you don't have to put on an act for me. Hmm? I know you haven't been going to school. Hey, you've been spying on me. No, Danny. Well, then how did you know that I haven't been to school? Oh, Miss Cronin called me at the office yesterday. She said you haven't been in school for a week. She asked me why. I suppose you really hung it on me. No, I lied to her. Told her you were sick. Huh? And then she asked why I hadn't signed your report card and returned it. Where is your card, Danny? I... I lost it. I don't believe you. Oh, look, lay off, will you? Danny, I think I know what this is all about. I don't care what you know. I'm telling you what I know. I ain't been going to school because I don't like school, and I ain't going back there. Danny, sit I down. I'll see the guy. I'll see you at dinner. Bobby, that's just the beginning of this story. And whether you recognize it or not, Danny was a kid just about like you. I hadn't met him at that point. I hadn't even heard of him, in fact, until I was called into the office of my agent in charge. You sent for me, Mr. Russell? Yes, Taylor, I did. If it's on the Barrett file, the last... No, this is something that just came in. No. Are you familiar with a place called Mike's Diner out on Route 11? Yeah, I've eaten there a few times. Well, quite a number of truck drivers make that a coffee stop. Yeah, so I noticed. In the last couple of weeks have been almost nightly thefts from trucks running interstate. Huh? First, we thought it was an organized ring, but last night one of the drivers got a look at the thief. A good enough look to give us a description? Yes, there was a boy about 16. One boy alone? Apparently. Hmm. Always stolen. Well, here's the list. Box of American Beauty wrist watches and a carton of Leslie automatic pens. Yeah, it's easy loot to get rid of. See what you can do on it. All right, sir. Well, Mr. Russell, do we know anything about the boy besides the fact that he was about 16? Yes, I've got his full description here. Fine. Five feet, two or three inches tall, with dark hair and a misshapen nose that seemed to be pushed into his face. That should make him a little easier to find. Driver said it was one of the strangest faces he ever saw. In fact, he said at first he thought it was a monkey. Danny. Okay. Well, <clears throat> hiya, pal. Have you got something for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're really working, ain't you, kid? Don't call me kid. Oh, oh pardon me, pardon me. Well, now, uh, <clears throat> what have you got? Here. One fountain pen? Oh, I got more. How much is it worth? Where'd you get them? That's my business. Then take it back. Why? I want to know how hot this stuff is before I make a price. Maybe i got to hold on to it till it cools off. See, that uh, makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, I swiped them off a truck out by Mike's diner. Mm-hmm. How many more you got? Twelve dozen. And I got some watches. Mm-hmm. Pens are worth a buck apiece. Hey, you got some right there in your window for five bucks each. My price is a buck. <laughs> you know, you could buy a mask with the money. Shut up! Hey, come here, come here, son. Oh, come here. I was only kidding. Come here, Danny. Come here. Say, uh, <clears throat> Danny, how'd you like to graduate? 
What do you mean? Well, I know some guys could use a kid like you. I told you once, I'm not a kid. Oh, 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 oh there I go. There I go again. <clears throat> I mean, they could use a man like you. You know, little fellow, man who's small. For what? Well, they do warehouse jobs. And they need somebody little who can climb up and get in through the windows. I don't want it. Okay. What about the pens? I'll bring the stuff back in an hour. Russell, may I come in? Yes, Taylor. I've been working on that interstate theft case. Anything new on it? Yes, sir. I went out to Mike Steiner to look around. That part of the highway must have been pretty well covered. Well, it was, sir, but the woods beside the highway hadn't been. I searched that whole area. I may have found something. What's that? Well, one place in the woods afforded a good vantage point of the highway, a little knoll. Mm-hmm. Well, standing on it, you can watch Mike Steiner and see what trucks come and go. Uh-huh. Somebody had been sitting up there whittling. Chips were still fresh, so I figured maybe there had been someone watching the highway. Waiting for something? Well, look that way, sir. And scattered around the knoll, I found some torn up bits of paper. I finally pieced the thing together. What was it? A report card from Patterson High School. The name on it was Daniel Auburn. You locate Auburn? Not yet, sir. I called the school. Everyone was gone. Keep on it. Well, I'm having the switchboard try to locate the school principal so we can get Auburn's home address. Sis, I thought you were going to work. I did. You didn't get fired, did you? No. Said I wasn't feeling well. My boss gave me the rest of the day off. Well, why don't you go for a walk, sis? That always makes you feel better. Uh, well, why don't you go see the movie at the Paramount? It's swell. It's all about Are you a trying to get and... me out of the house, Danny? No. Well, it won't work. I stopped at school on the way home and saw Miss Cronin. Oh. She tells me for the last few weeks you've been seen with a lot of money. That's right. I found some money. Danny. I did. I found a wallet on 2nd Avenue. I found something, too. Huh? I found a box of fountain pens and a box of watches in your room. Now, look, sis. I told you once before that I... Danny, I went to your bureau to see if any of your socks needed darning. Well, why didn't you ask me? Well, that's not important. Where did you get those pens and watches? I found them, too. Danny. I'm telling you, sis, There's I... There's a story in the morning paper about a box of watches and a carton of pens being stolen from a truck last night out on Route 11. Well, what's that got to do with me? Where were you last night, Danny? I went for a walk. Where? I... I don't know. I don't remember. Danny, you stole those pens and watches. I knew it. Well... Danny. Oh, cut it out, sis. Is this the way I've brought you up? Have I been such a, a complete failure that you don't, you don't even know it's wrong to steal? I suppose what happened to me is right. That was an accident. It still happened. Oh, right. That was wrong, too. But the police did try to find the car that hit you. They just couldn't... A lot of good to... that does me. Does it fix my face? Your face has nothing to do with stealing, Danny. What? Why do you think I ain't going to school? Because all the kids laugh at me. They call me monkey. Well, I'll show them. I'll steal and I'll have money. I'll have a lot of money and I'll be important and then let's see them laugh. Honey, that's not the way to be important. The right way is to be decent and honest. Are you kidding? They won't let me play ball with them. I can't get a girl to go to the school dances with them. No, it doesn't warrant your stealing. I've got to put a stop to it, Danny, right now. How? 
You're coming with me. We're, we're going to take those watches and pens back. I don't know who they belong to. Well, the police will know. The police? Yes. They'll send me to jail. No, I think they'll understand. I've got some money saved up. I'll pay for whatever's missing. Come on. I'm not going. Danny, it's the only thing to do. I'm not going, sis. You've got to. Oh, no! Danny. You're like full of rest. You hate me, too. Well, I'm getting out of here. Now back to the FBI file, The Face. There's an important point brought out in tonight's case from the files of your FBI. The moral is that there is no quick answer to juvenile delinquency. The problem is deep-rooted and varies with each individual. It is the job of social workers, psychiatrists, all those who come in contact with antisocial youth, to burrow deep and find the cause of delinquency in each particular case, then to treat the cause itself. With Danny, we are discovering one possible reason for his difficulty. True, law enforcement officers are responsible for protecting society against its Dannys and Bobbies. And most of them, fortunately, are wise enough to know that the surest way to do this is to effect a change in the attitude of delinquent youngsters toward life. Tonight's FBI file continues at the local police station. Sergeant, have I left out any of the details in Danny's story so far? No, Jim. I think you've covered everything. Bobby, what do you think of the story? It's a story, that's all. Now, you will prove Danny hitting his sister? Sure. What business does she have trying to bring him to the cops? Well, I think you'll understand that better when you hear the rest. Do you want to hear the rest of it, Bobby? Sure, I'll listen. I'm telling you right now, you're wasting your time. Go ahead, Jim. At about the same time young Danny quarreled with his sister and ran out of the house, the switchboard at the FBI field office was getting young Danny's address. I went over to the apartment. Danny's sister was still there. I introduced myself, and she invited me in. What did you want here, Mr. Taylor? Well, I've really come to see your brother. Is he at home? No. I wonder, would you mind looking at this picture? Does that resemble your brother? Yes. An artist drew that from the description given by a truck driver who saw this boy steal some things from his truck. It is my brother. Do you know where he is now? No, I don't. I, I'm afraid he's left home. No. You're going to, to arrest him? Well, I'll have to if he's the one who burglarized the truck. Mr. Taylor. Yes? I think I have everything here that was taken. Oh? And, and I'm willing to pay for whatever's missing if you could drop the charges. Well, Miss Orban, I'm not so sure it's going to be that easy. But this isn't entirely his fault. Well, whose fault is it? I don't know. Six months ago, riding his bicycle down Bedford Avenue, Danny was struck by a hit-and-run driver. Go on. 
His shoulder was broken and his face badly cut. It's a miracle it healed at all. Then he spent two months in the hospital, and then they sent him home. His face was still terribly disfigured. Well, couldn't they have fixed his face up with plastic surgery? Oh, I don't know, Mr. Taylor, but... Well, even if they could have, that kind of thing costs a lot of money. Yes, yes, it does. Tell me, was he ever in trouble before the accident? No. No, the first thing that went wrong was when he went back to school. Oh, what happened then? Well, the children started to call him Monk because of his face. Well, that can be pretty hard to take, Mr. Taylor. Yeah. Then he couldn't take it, so he stopped going to school. And then out of defiance, out of, of our wanting to show them attitude, he started to... to steal... Yeah, well, I, I think I understand this, Robert. So you see, he's not really to blame. No. No, I guess maybe in a way everybody's to blame. Miss Robin, you say you're willing to make restitution for the missing items. Oh, yes, if, you, if you'll just let Danny alone. Well, I, I can't make any promises about that. Because punishing Danny isn't our job. Well, well, can you help me at all, Mr. Taylor? Well, there's one thing we've got to do before anybody can help him. That's fine. But... Oh, he said he was never coming back. Oh, I think maybe we'll locate him. If we do, I'll be in touch with you. Hello, Mr. Thompson. Oh, hiya, Danny. Well, where is it? I thought you were going to bring the stuff back. I couldn't. <laughs> What's the matter, Palsy? Somebody steal it from you? No, I got caught. Yeah. Hmm? Hey, look out. Now, wait a minute, kid. If you're hot... Oh, no, it ain't that. My sister nailed me. Your sister? Yeah, she's going to give this stuff back to the cops. Oh, that ain't good. Well, I'm not going home. Now, son, now you're talking. <laughs> you know, Danny, I ran away when I was a kid. Only one trouble. I got no money. Mm-hmm. You want to make some? Sure. Well, that thing I spoke to you about this morning is still open. You mean with the big guys? Mm-hmm, that's right. All I got to do is climb in a window, huh? Mm-hmm, that's all. Just climb in a window and come down and open the door. Well, uh... Oh, 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 now, now, now. If you're afraid, you better not do it. Who's afraid? I'll do it. Good boy. But I need some money right away. That's all right. Your first job's tonight. And that's the situation, Mr. Russell. I see. I think both Miss Auburn and the boy are deserving of some sympathy. I do, too. Of course, it'll be up to the court to decide what the youngster's punishment will be. Well, the facts ought to speak for themselves. They should. Mr. Russell, I've got a friend who's an outstanding plastic surgeon. I'm going to talk to him about young Danny. Oh, still got to find the boy. Yeah, I know. His sister have any idea where he might be? No, sir, none at all. He walked out after slapping her. He hasn't shown up since. Well, what you see about this boy is true, then I don't... Oh, excuse me. Certainly, sir. Miss Russell speaking. Yeah? You have? I see. Uh, just a moment. The boy's been located. Go ahead. Yes, I've got that. Well, thanks very much. I have a man right over there. 
Young Albans picked up an act of attempting to burglarize a warehouse in 3rd Avenue. Oh, that's bad. He's at the 18th Precinct, Jim. Run down and have a talk with him. Special agent of the FBI. Oh, another cop, huh? I'd like to have a talk with you, son. I don't want to talk to you. Danny, I went to see your sister. She told me some things about you. Oh, why don't you keep her nose out of my business? Because she loves you. Loves me? Mm. She wanted to turn me over to the cops. She wanted to take me to jail. No, no, that's not true. Well, then where did she want to take me? To the zoo? Hey, hey that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, I do okay in the zoo. In a monkey cage. I look like one, don't I? Uh, yeah, it. yeah, and I can act like Danny, one, too. Stop it. Look, look, see me scratch myself? Danny, look stop at me. See them on, see them on, see them on. <laughs> you don't mean that, and you know it. Come here, Dan. Come here. Take a look at this picture. We had an artist draw that from a description of you given by the truck driver. So? Well, Danny, did you ever hear of plastic surgery? A little. They can do wonderful things today. Like what? Well, like... Like they can build a whole new face. They can... Why, they can make you look like just about anything you want. Sure, all you gotta have is a rich old man. No, not necessarily. I've got a friend who's one of the best plastic surgeons in this country, Danny. I, I showed him this drawing of you. Well, what'd you do that for? Oh, reason. I showed him your picture and told him about your accident. I don't want anybody feeling sorry for me. I can take care of myself. He drew a picture for me. Would you like to see it? Here. Well, who's this? My doctor friend says it can be you. He can make me look like this? That's right. And he wants to do it for nothing, Danny. For nothing? Yeah. He don't even know me. Sure he does, son. I told him all about you. Yeah. Can I make a telephone call? Sure, Danny. What do you want to call? My sister. Bobby, that's the story of Danny Auburn. A doctor operated on him, did a, a wonderful job. Then on the recommendation of the court, he was released in the custody of his sister. What do you think of the story, Bobby? Yeah, he was just lucky, that's all. Well, that doctor's still alive, Bobby, and still practicing. We can speak to him about you. About, about my face, you mean? That's right. I need help you. Look... How do I know you didn't make the whole thing up? No, no, it's a true story, son. I can prove it. How? Sergeant. Yes, Jim. Tell him. Okay. Bobby, I'm the fellow in that story. I'm Danny Auburn.
that's the story of two juvenile delinquents who were saved by the intervention of your FBI, who were restored to good standing in their community because a doctor with a social conscience decided to work with law enforcement agencies to do his part in fighting the menace of law-breaking youngsters. Offhand, you might have said there wasn't anything a plastic surgeon could do to combat juvenile delinquency. But each of us can contribute to this battle if we have the mind to do it. The mind and the heart. It isn't difficult to enroll as a fighter against juvenile delinquency. It might cost time or money. But if the future of the nation is of any importance to you, you will enlist tomorrow in this war. This incessant war against a wave which is creating criminals in America faster than the nation can build prisons to house them. Let tomorrow be a day of dedication when you will dedicate yourself to join the ranks of those doing their part to ensure the future, their future and yours. used in tonight's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of places or persons, living or dead, is accidental. This is your FBI is a Jerry Devine production.